Wad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. Well, we're What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. I have equipment. Will travel. Mobile DJ is what I do. Well, amongst other things. Today on the program, I have Ben Baker with Your Brand Marketing. And you're going to find out a little bit more about Ben Baker and Your Brand Marketing in your ears. So stick around for that. This week's show's... Let's see, as I record this, oh, next Thursday, I'll be at the Old Post Barbecue. Oh, it's Wednesday, so tomorrow night, I'll be at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas, from 6 till 9 p.m. That is the video dance party, karaoke jam, family-friendly, great barbecue. Of course, they do have frosty beverages for the adults, in case you care to imbibe. But, uh, yes, yeah, I keep the, uh, the music family-friendly, and since... Uh, Fat Tuesday was yesterday. I might uh, continue with the Mardi Gras theme and do a little uh, Fat Thursday at the Old Post Barbecue. At least start out with a little Zydeco music because, you know, I like to change it up a little bit. I play different kinds of music and... Yeah, maybe the people will get in, get into it. Russellville, Arkansas, look out because here comes some Zydeco music. We're gonna have a little fun with that. I got, I, I, you know, sometimes you gotta switch it up a little bit and have some fun. And I, I, I do. I like, I like me some Zydeco, and I hope you do too. And if it gets a little annoying to some people, I know not everybody uh, loves all kinds of music like I do. <laughs> I will switch it up. Maybe do some southern rock or some country music or whatever you want. You know I'm here for you. For the most part, it's a karaoke jam, and you're the stars of the show. You don't have to sing just Zydeco music. You can sing pretty much whatever you want, as long as you keep it family friendly. That's 6 to 9. Thursday night at the Old Post Barbecue, Russellville, Arkansas. And then Friday, Friday. We get down on Friday. My usual Friday night gig is over at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Video day party karaoke jam now this one is over 21 they got the full bar kitchens open pool tables 10 count them 10 diamond style pool tables look I, i'm not a pool player but I, I don't know what diamond style pools pool tables are but they look really good they, they spent a lot of money on these pool tables so the the people in the pool tournament seem to have a good time with them and and the patrons too so they, they usually keep a couple of tables open for the for the people that don't want to get in the pool tournament but if you want to make some money on a friday night i encourage you hey it's all geometry Give it a try. See what happens. You might make some money. And then on the party patio, they got foosball, shuffleboard, darts, giant Jenga game, giant checkers game. There's always something to do while you're waiting to sing on stage with little old me and, and sing your heart out. And there's some dancing, too. We got the place lit up. It is a club, after all. It's the Rab, Conway, Arkansas. That starts at 8 p.m., and it goes till... Almost 2 in the a.m. on Friday night. And then on Saturday, hey, it's Leap Year, February 29th. I'm excited. I got a brand new place to go to on Leap Year. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm heading down to Hot Springs, Arkansas this time. And uh, this is a new place called uh, Trejos on the Lake. And it's a Mexican restaurant, and they have live music there from time to time. But it's cool because it's right on the lake. And you know I'm from the Florida Keys. And when I looked at some pictures, I've never been there, but when I looked at some pictures, it kind of reminded me of, of uh, a place on the ocean, on the water. So, yeah, it's right on the water. They have the stage set up right outside. So I think we're going to have a good time. Now, if it's too cold, uh, they'll have me set up inside. But, uh, yeah, from what I understand, it's great Mexican food full bar i'll keep it family friendly while the the kids are there but you know if all the kids leave we might spice it up a little bit but uh for the most part i'll keep it family friendly uh, for the people that's tray host on the lake that's going from seven until about 11 o'clock in the evening and and it's uh in hot springs arkansas it's uh uh, they're doing a lot of races, so there's a lot of people down there. So I suspect it's going to be a real 
good show. I know Mr. Trejo has been uh, promoting this show, so I'm kind of kind of excited. You know, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people there. So good, good. No job too big, no job too small. And uh, like I oh, I, I have mentioned on the podcast, Clint Baggett. He's one of the Uber drivers. He's he's doing Uber down there in Hot Springs, but he comes from his house in Moralton. And Clint Baggett has said, if you look him up, he can take about seven people. He can pick them up all the way down there. So any of my people from Moralton or Conway or even Little Rock want to go down to the show, hey, Clint Baggett can fit seven people in his Uber. And then while you're Messing around with me from 7 to 11, he can go uh, Uber people around Hot Springs. So, yeah, look up Clint Baggett. <laughs> Have I said his name enough times? Probably. I guess that's good marketing. Hey, speaking of marketing, I think it's time to get into it with Ben Baker. All right, Ben Baker up there in British Columbia. I'm kind of excited. You know, calling him, let's see, calling Ben Baker now. Hey, Ben Baker. It's me. <laughs> Yourbrandmarketing.com. That's what the rumor is. <laughs> it's Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous podcast. I suspect by the How end of this you, podcast, I will know everything there is to know about marketing. <laughs> well, you know what? If, if you do, then you can tell me all everything you know. Excellent. That'd be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been kind of excited about uh, talking to you. You are a go-getter. I'm seeing you all over your social media. I have your various social media pages, and I'll definitely put them in the show notes. But uh, let's get to know the man behind the marketing. Who is a Ben Baker? Give the people an idea. Who is Ben Baker? Ben Baker has been around, oh God, in the marketing and branding world probably for the last 25 years. Yeah, I've, uh, I came out, I came out of the high tech computer world and about, oh, about 25 years ago, I looked, looked at myself, realized I was on a plane 200 days a year and said, I can't do this anymore. So <laughs> I took some, what do you want to be when you grew up type training? Yeah. And what it told me is, is that you like communicating. You like, fixing problems for people and you, you're like articulating. And what it really taught me was you work really well with large corporations and you don't work well within large corporations. So there's where my marketing career started. And I started off in direct mail like a lot of people. We killed a lot of trees. Oh, yeah. Before you know, the internet. We did a lot of really neat, you know, innovative programs, uh, both in Canada and the United States. You know, put together some really neat things, uh, you know, got some, some clients really uh, well-known and realized that as I was doing it, the question that came up over and over again is, okay, we're marketing, but what's the story we're telling? Who are you as a company? What differentiates you? What makes you different? And it really led me into realizing that where my forte was, was not in marketing, but in branding. Mm. And getting people to understand what differentiates them? Why should people care about them? Why should people spend money with them? And building on the strategy of the brand. About five years ago, an epiphany came up to me because I started talking to people inside companies and started realizing that, you know what? They don't understand their brand. Mm. You know, the story's not being told well. There's not effective communication. The leaders aren't leading. And people are leaving companies because they're disengaged because they don't understand where the company is going or where, how they fit in. And where that led me to is where I am today is we work with companies to help them engage, retain, and grow. We help build better leaders and we help tell the, the brand story inside the company. So people understand you know, where the company came from, where it is today, who they serve, why they serve it, why these people should care, what differentiates them, and where the company is going. So that, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Well, Ben Baker, uh, getting out of that nutshell, what had you on a plane 250 uh, days out of the year, or at least had you traveling 250 days out of the year? What job were you doing uh, way back then, 25 well, years ago? Yeah, I worked for a small little company called Ingram Micro. 
Ingram Micro uh, is, is, is a computer di- distribution company that sold to everybody at that point in time. In the U.S., it would have been the Best Buys and the Circuit Cities and you know a lot of companies, the Costco's of the world, everything like that. Up in Canada, uh, I was managing a company called Future Shop, which actually ended up being bought out by uh, Best. Ended up being bought out by Best Buy. Oh. And what it allowed us to do is, you know, what my job was was to build the new programs for them, is to is to bring in the new products, to figure out what was going on, what was happening, and and to make sure that. You know, we were we were putting the best face forward as we was as we were bringing new products into the company. Ben Baker, you were the Geek Squad before the Geek Squad was cool. Is that right? Good afternoon. You're gonna have to raise. I, I I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were the Geek Squad before the Geek Squad was cool. That's right. I was the Geek Squad before the Geek Squad was cool. So, you know, we uh, we worked with the Geek Squad. We helped we helped build build that whole thing out so that was that was a lot of fun it was fun it was fun i got in there just before best buy was bought out by future shop mm-hmm. and uh so it was it was an interesting time it was it was you know a time of transition it was a time of flux and you know it was it was really much the wild west in the computer business yeah uh, we're well, talking 20 plus years ago yeah give me a time timeline was that the what is it, 90 95 then Probably 95, 96, somewhere in that range. It's hard to believe that the 90s are 25 years ago. I still think of 10 years ago as the 90s. I'm a child of the 80s myself. And, you know, I, I had a, um, a stepfather that had that, that worked for an IBM-type company, and he helped me build a, a, a computer, and, and I ran a BBS board way back then. And, and, and you know, so I... I considered myself some some type of a nerd i wasn't the the greatest at computers but because of the osmosis i had him to, to deal with but i'm guessing you were a much better much better at computers than i was uh, you worked for a, a well a best buy type company uh and but you were installing programs you were installing computers at companies all over the country no no what we were doing is we were selling to best buy okay you know, we were selling to Best Buy. I, you know, I was selling a hundred million dollars a year worth of uh, of uh, computers and monitors and software and modems and uh, network cards and all that kind of stuff to the Best Buy type companies. Oh yeah. So we were the we were the wholesalers selling to the retailer who would sell to those those different companies. Oh, individual. Okay, so I I didn't realize. It, well, it I is... was on the wholesale side, so we you know we had we had half million square foot you know warehouses all over North America. Okay. You know, pump, pumping out distribution. It's you know small twelve billion dollar company. Oh, just uh, you know tiny, no big deal. I mean, uh, I... Eh, tiny, no no real significance, <laughs> no no real. Uh, but n- n- you know, no, nothing of value whatsoever. But this wasn't your company. Did you interesting time? Were, were, did you have some some value in it? Did they at least give you some stock options in that thing, or no, any no, ownership was, at all? I was before, before I had a chance to get stock options. If I, <laughs> if I was smart, I would have bought bought some stock back then and. You know, maybe I'd be retired today, but who knows? Oh yeah, if I had a time machine, Yahoo! <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, oh my goodness, you know, if we we knew then what we know now, it, but you you okay? Yeah, I would have bought Apple at fourteen bucks a share. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump, I get it. <laughs> we don't have to worry about money anymore. <laughs> That's right. So, have you always been in in British Columbia? And whenever I think of Canada, I always think of it as some kind of a frozen tundra, like uh, it's always icy in the Great White North. But you're on the water um, just north of, uh, of Washington State, right? Yeah, I mean, we get the same weather as Seattle. So if it's raining in Seattle, it's raining in Vancouver. And, <laughs> you know, as, as they say, you know, if you want to live in a rainforest, a little water may fall. So, you know, we get, we're wet seven, eight, nine months a year. But you know what? When the sun shines, it's absolutely beautiful. I've lived in Vancouver off and on since 1974. I was born in the States. I was born in Minneapolis. Oh. I've lived in L.A. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Toronto. I've lived in Victoria. I've lived overseas for a few years. You know, I've lived all over the place, but Vancouver's always been home. Why all the traveling, Ben Baker? 
you know what? One step ahead of the tax man. Why not? No, I, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I, I went. I went to university in uh, in Victoria. Uh, there was a, a couple opportunities in LA that I that I went after. You know, when in Toronto, I had a girlfriend in New York, and when I lived overseas, I I lived in Israel for three years. So I spent a year there in university and a couple years working. Wow, go get her! Uh, so, what did you study in school? What what's your area of expertise, at least uh, book wise? Well, my my degree is in international relations, Middle Eastern politics, with a with a subset and in, uh, international terrorism. So that that sets me up really well for computers and and, uh, and marketing. He he was kidding. He's he's not a terrorist. No, he's you, you. But you studied. You say you studied terrorism. That's what I studied. I studied Middle Eastern terrorism. Wow. Okay. That's bloody interesting. <laughs> How did that go? And and uh, where can you go with that kind of a of, uh, of a degree? You know what? If I'd gone to get my master's and my PhD, you know, probably would have become a policy wog. You know, I would have become you know either an analyst for the CIA or who knows what. Where else I would have ended up? But you know what? It was it was one of those things that it it didn't lead enough of a passion in my life to to take me on that road and that's okay <laughs> all right so as a young lad I'm, I'm guessing you went to school well either in minneapolis or in british columbia where where did uh, where did you go to high school and, and no i grew up i grew up in vancouver i you know vancouver. i moved to vancouver when i was young and ah. you know went, basically went to school through uh you know elementary school and high school in vancouver okay and what did you learn from the parents what did I learn from what? My parents? Yeah, what did you learn from mom and dad? How, how, how did they treat you? And, and what, what did you take away from your upbringing? Well, you know, my father was an entrepreneur. Ah. And, uh, you know, my mother, my mother taught English as a second language. She taught teachers how to teach English as a second language and set up schools internationally. So between my two parents, their attitude was take chances. Figure things out, take risks, take calculated risks, but if you fall, you know what? Figure out why you fell, get up, dust yourself off, figure out how to change things and move forward. So it was always a situation where there was always opportunity for me not only to take risks, but calculated risks and, and, and be able to you know, be better because of it. Well, that's what a teacher will do. They'll, they'll. Uh, when you do something wrong, they make you do it over again and again and again. Now, entrepreneur, uh, you know that word's been thrown around over the years, uh, and a lot of people think entrepreneur, and they go, "Oh, he just doesn't have a job." But no, tell me what an entrepreneur, as in respect to your dad, what kind of an entrepreneur was he? What what gave him that title? You know what? What makes entrepreneur is, is he owned a construction company. He did commercial renovation for 35 or 40 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had one major client and a, and a bunch of smaller ones. And his job was to take care of his clients and to fix, fix problems and understand needs, you know, work within budgets, and to help his clients achieve their goals. Yes. And that's what he did. You know, and he, you know some, day, some days he made a lot of money and some days he didn't make a lot of money. And some days, you know, he, we, we, we live very well and sometimes you don't. But you know what? We always had what we needed. We always, you know, we always had what, what was necessary to move forward. And what I learned from him was, you know what? You take care of your customers and they take care of you. That's that's the biggest thing that I probably learned from my dad. That's it, Ben Baker. All right, moms and dads that are listening, shape your children. They could become a Ben Baker. Uh, so, okay, growing up in school, uh, you uh, you had aspirations, you had dreams, you had extracurricular activities. What were you doing in school as a as a young lad in Vancouver? You know, it, it take me through. What I mean, what is it like growing up in Vancouver, Canada? As somebody who's never never been really north of the Mason Dixon line. Uh, I've lived most of my life in the South in Miami and and uh, now I'm in Conway, Arkansas, just a little north of Little Rock. So still primarily in the south and not too cold. I think it, we had a flurry of snow today, and there's rumor that it's happening. But uh, growing up in, in Vancouver, uh, well, I mean, all, I, all we hear down here is uh, you're into skating and hockey. <laughs> what did Ben Baker do? Well, I mean, 
you know, upbringing for everybody is, is, is the same and it's different, depending on, on where you came from and what you, you know, what you did. You know, it's very much a middle-class upbringing, you know, very much a, you know, school was school. You had, you had great teachers, you had bad teachers. You had things that were interesting that you learned, you had things that didn't be interesting that you learned. Mm-hmm. You know, you played volleyball, you played hockey, you played, you know, played soccer, you played baseball. You know, there was, there was all the things growing up, you know, even played a little bit of rugby. <laughs> and it was it was one of those things where you where you grew up and you know you you didn't have a lot of friends but the friends you had were close yeah and the ones you know that you you took care of them they took care of you and and you and you learned from each other and that that was pretty much my upbringing i mean it's it school is school you know you 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 went you you did you 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 know you passed your classes and you moved forward it, it wasn't wasn't anything that I would call uh, this, you know, epitome uh, upbringing or uplifting upbringing. It was, it was, it was, it was growing up. So you know, we all grow up. <laughs> we all learn things. We all, we all try things. We all, you know, we all fail, and we all, you know, learn from them and move forward. But that, that was, that was my high school, and that was my elementary school. All right. Well, yeah, it sounds like you didn't peak in high school, which is a good thing. Uh, some, some kids, you know. You know what? Definitely didn't think I was definitely not the, the quarterback, and you know, yeah. and I wasn't dating the you know, the head cheerleader. You know, university was far more interesting. Okay, you know, university was 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 far more interesting. The courses that you took, the things that you did, the people that you met, you know, the, the conversations that happened were far more interesting in university than they were in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's a slow burn for Ben Baker, which is probably better. <laughs> you learned some things growing up. Uh, I'm, I'm still burning. I'll probably be burning for the next 30 or 40 years. Yeah. yeah well, you know, and, and with marketing, you know, you with this Internet, it's not the people just in British Columbia. You could help people all over the world. And with your international background, you definitely can. And you probably are. Tell me more about the uh, about your brand marketing Ben Baker yeah I mean my clients are are worldwide they are certainly not in Vancouver my clients I would say that 95 to 98 percent of my clients are not in Vancouver okay you know our clients are mid-sized companies that are going through flux in one way shape or form they're either having rapid growth if there's been mergers, there's been acquisitions, there's been grandchildren taking over grandpa's company, mm. whatever. But in one way, shape, or form, they've lost their sense of identity. Mm. They've lost who they are, and they don't understand what their brand story is anymore. And they, they don't tell it well internally. And there tends to be a lot of turnover within the company, and there tends to be some dissent within the company. And those are the companies that I work with. I work with the companies to understand where are the issues? What are the challenges? What are things that are, you know, what's going on with the culture of the company? Is there a culture for the company? And be able to help rectify things and, and get people back to the fact where they enjoy working for the company, they're proud of working for the company, and they understand where the company is and where the company's going. So you haven't met a lot of the people face-to-face or, or in person? You're doing a lot of things by no, Skype? I always, or- I always meet my customers face-to-face at least once. Oh. It's very important for me to get on a plane. So you're still on planes. <laughs> I'm still on a plane, but I'm certainly not on a plane anywhere near what I was. Right, right. You know, you're, you're not on a plane for anybody else but yourself, and I like that. And I'm sure you like that. Exactly. So, and, and these are things that you, you learn from your dad. Yeah, you work hard. You're going to make some money, and some days are going to be soft. Some days are going to be, uh, you know, a, a little less soft, you know. And, and But uh, as long as you work hard, you're going to keep that roof over your head. So you say mid-sized business. Is that a number of, of employees, you know, maybe 20 employees or less? What is a, a mid-sized business, and what types of businesses are you working with? You know, what we work with companies that started about 200 employees mm. and, you know, and go all the way up there. We, we deal with, you know, everything all the way up to enterprise-level corporations. You know, enterprise-level corporations bring us in usually when they're having a departmental or uh, a problem with an office or a division or something along those lines. We don't tend to get involved, you know, enterprise-level. Mm-hmm. We, we tend to get involved, you know, when we're dealing with an enterprise company, we're dealing with them 
on a, on a segment of their of their overall business because you know we're just not big enough to handle an enterprise level corporation you know one one to one they need the Deloitte's or, or the Kinsleys or some somewhere along those lines mm-hmm. but for the you know the two hundred to two thousand employee companies what we're doing is we're coming in and we're working with them to understand you know where's the hole in the dike and how do we fix it you know what what needs to happen. To get turn the unhappy employees into productive employees, how do we, you know, how do we stem the tide so you know all of a sudden every twelve to eighteen months they're not having this revolving door of employees? Those are the type of issues that we work with. Yeah, I read something on your LinkedIn that uh, you know about the employees. What what was the number that I saw that that uh, when a company yeah. loses an employee? Every em- yeah, every employee that you lose costs you approximately a hundred thousand dollars to replace, mm. and it's not just you know the hard costs; it's the soft costs that go along with it. It's the fact when you know employees leave, they take people with them. You know, uh, jobs get missed when when employees leave. You know, people around them end up having to take up the slack, and therefore they're not as efficient as they need to be. You know, people leave the company and 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 take other employees with them. You know, there's there's so many factors involved when an employee leaves that most people don't take into consideration, and you know things that you know things that get missed because a company leaves, or or clients that get frustrated and 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 uh, and you know and walk out the door. There's so many different factors that can cause you know that price point to be actualized. It's not just the fact that you have to hire somebody and put them through the psychometric training and onboard them and train them and get them up to speed. But what happens, you know, getting them a culturized to the company, what happens when it, when they make a mistake and you have to fix that mistake because they just don't, what they don't know what they don't know. All those factors most companies don't take into consideration when they realize when a person leaves and what it costs to bring a new person on. And it's so much cheaper to figure out what the problem is, what's what's causing people to walk out the door. And most companies just never take the time to figure it out. They're so worried about, you know, hiring efficiently that they forget that there are more people leaving than they are hiring. Okay. So, Ben Baker, when you go to these companies, are you familiar with Office Space? With, with, the, with the movie, Office Space? The movie Office Space. No, that's not what I'm familiar with. Okay, all right. Well, in in this movie, the, the, there was a a couple of characters called Bob. You know, they were both named Bob, and the the company employees had to justify to them what their job was and what they were trying to do was trim the fat. Is that something that your marketing company does? Do you actually go in and help to fix the problems with individuals, yep. or you talk to the higher ups mostly? We're not efficiency experts. My job is yeah. not to, you know, to to get people fired. My yeah. my job is to sit there and say, okay, where's the issues? And sometimes you're right; it is a very unhappy employee. Mm-hmm. The question to, that I'm asking is, why is that employee happy? What are what are the policies and procedures that are going on within the company? What are the dynamics? What are the cultural things that are going on inside the company that could be causing this person to be unhappy? Maybe they're just in the wrong job. Mm. Maybe they've got a manager that just doesn't you know, communicate with them effectively. Maybe you know they've got some stress and challenges at home and nobody's talking to them about it. Maybe they don't, they don't feel empowered to be able to make decisions or, or they don't feel that their, their job really matters. There's so many factors involved, and that's where we get involved, is to understand what are the challenges that are actually going on in the company that are keeping employees from feeling that, that their work is valuable and that they're listened to, understood, and, you know, for that matter, valued as human beings. That sounds like you you do a, a lot more than just the marketing. You get to to deal with uh, some of the employees and find out uh, what the ins and outs are of them. You know, and you find it it, it might be a little bit of an efficiency efficiency expert. Uh, but um, do you get to deal w- with some of the the individual problems and and find you know solutions to those problems, or or is this primarily making sure that the company is heard out in the world on the internet and and, and the social media? No, and it has nothing to do with inter- external branding. It has nothing to do with external marketing. Ah. What I'm doing 
is doing the marketing and, and the branding and the, and the communication inside the company. My attitude is, and I've proven this time and time again, that when employees are engaged, they retain and they want to grow with the company, and they feel valued and they feel that their job matters, they become better advocates for the brand. If they understand the brand story, where you were, where you are, and where you're going, they can turn around and they can be the best marketers and the best advocates for your brand, create better customer experience for your customers, and create more loyal more loyal customers. Right, right. If they have some sense of some sense of ownership, uh, I find that that if I, you know, every word that I've, every Joe job that I've ever had in my lifetime, if I felt like I was a part of something or growing with something, I felt like a better employee, and and that's something that you attempt to to do within companies is to to make sure that they're communicating with each other is that is that what i'm hearing exactly get to get make sure that people communicate with each other make sure that the leaders are leading you know they're not managing people they're leading they're leading people you manage projects you lead people hitting the nail on the head give me a difference between a boss and a leader the difference between a boss and leader and i'm going to use uh Straight out of, of the Simon Sinek story is, is probably the best way to do it. Simon Sinek says is, is an employee walks into the office. He's been late five days in a row. The manager comes up and says, you've been late five days in a row. Late one more time, we're going to have to report you and you might get fired. Hmm. A leader walks up to the person and says, you've been late five days in a row. Is everything okay? Hmm. That's the difference between a leader and a manager. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, I, I feel you. <laughs> I, I like the way you explain that, Ben Baker. Oh, so, uh, you know, all right, maybe I won't learn everything there is to know about your brand marketing. So you're not dealing with any of the social media and, and the and, and building websites or anything, any of that type of thing. You you primarily go to the companies and work with them. Yes, it's, it's telling... It's telling the story inside the company. It's, it's understanding what is the brand story within the company. What is your mission, vision, and values of the company? Where did you come from? Where are you? Where are you going? How do individual people fit into this? And how do you get them to all understand that story in a way that they can recall and they can retell in a way that's meaningful to them? So that's what we do. What made you feel, Ben Baker? Was it five years ago that you started to really delve into this? Uh, what had you been doing uh, prior to this? Uh, and did you you get out of that company that you were the Best Buy type company before Best Buy bought them? Well, I haven't been involved in that for twenty plus years. Okay, okay. That's, so that's, in, that's twenty twenty five years ago. So after that twenty twenty five years ago, what what have you been doing for those twenty years to to get you where you are now? Well, what what types of jobs were you doing? I've always been in the same business. I've same always been time. in marketing. I've always been in, in the branding business. As I said, when I got into it, yeah, it says. Well, I went from direct mail to promotional marketing to, you know, to, to branding. Where what I was doing was understanding what is somebody's story. What what is the thing that's valuable? What makes them different? What makes them special? What makes them unique? That's the brand. So we worked with companies to understand their brand before we could market it. And that's by understanding that we realize that when you're branding and you're marketing, all you're doing is communicating to the ex outside the company. But your your employees, nine times out of ten, don't understand what the value is. And unless your customers, your internal customers, your employees understand the value of your brand, they can't communicate your value and they can't provide the customer experience that you want to your customers. So in that 20 years, you've been working, you've been building your your own knowledge base, working for other people. And what made that turn five years ago to say, you know what, my name's Ben Baker. I want to do this on my own. I think I could do it better. Let me make up your brand marketing. Well, I've been on my own a lot longer than five years. Gotcha. Gotcha. I've been on my own a lot longer than five years. It was just a change in, 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 in the move division of the company. The, move, the, the company, uh, for lack of a better word, a raison d'etre, the reason for being changed mm. about five years ago. 
the company itself is 13 years ago, 13 years old, and before that, I was doing very similar work working for somebody else. Yes. So, thir- you know, uh, many years in the making, but five years ago, you came to a turning point. What was the, the, first, the first type of client? You don't have to name them if you don't want to, but what was the first type of client that you said, I'm going to take this on my own and, and b- do something different with it? What, how, how many employees did they have, and, and what did you do to help them be better? Well, when, I mean, when I moved out on my own 13 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, in, it actually was in 2008, so late 2007, 2008, I had a book of clients. I had clients that, that I that know, knew, like, and trusted me that had been working with me for seven or eight years at that point in time mm-hmm. <clears throat> that liked me, that thought that I did good work for them and, and, and felt that I was going to take care of them. And when I went out on my own... They just came with me. This is exactly what you're talking about with the $100,000. and They lost you as an employee, whoever that was, and you took all these all these clients with you. And sad for them, but good for you. I mean, but uh, that's what happens. And you've proven exactly what you have stated on your LinkedIn, that they lo- they're going to lose money by losing you. So they couldn't come to, to any kind of agreement that, that made you satisfied enough to stay with them you you said i'm going on my own and there was nothing stopping you no it was it was time the uh yeah. the market had changed the relationship had changed and it was it was just it was time to you know to, to change where i was and what i was doing and who i was doing it for and it was it was time to hang out my own shingle and it was yeah. you know the, the timing was right and uh i had the support of my clients and i had the support of my suppliers and it was time time to do you know do things in a way that you know, that I could do it my way and take care of the clients the way I thought they should be taken care of and not the way somebody else thought they should be taken care of. Oh, my life in movies. Now I'm thinking Jerry Maguire. It's you stepping out on your own, doing your own thing. <laughs> now, are you familiar with Jerry Maguire? I am very familiar with Jerry Maguire. <laughs> that's right. Help me help you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you're doing to the with your clients. So uh, those seven or eight that you took with you, are they still with you, or they, were they satisfied, or did they um, did they yeah, get what I, they needed from you? I would say that uh, of those clients, thirteen years later, yes. probably seventy five percent of those clients are still with me. Let's do it. That is fantastic, Ben Baker. That's a good track record. That says a lot about who you are. You keep these relationships up, business. And, and I didn't go with the personal. Do you still have any friends from from school, or or do you have at least one pal that you can hang out with? Because I think I have one pal from high school, <laughs> and I have a few few yeah, acquaintances. There's no one from high school. But there are people that I have friends with that are 25 years plus. Yes, long-lasting relationships. You really only need that one or two best friends, though. I mean, the the ones that you can go hang out with. But that's great. Okay, so uh, okay, so what? Let's go with that. What do you do after work? What What do you like to do when you're not building uh, other people's businesses? When you're not marketing? What's your What's your your leisure life you know, the, like? The big th- The big thing is is golf. You know, I, <laughs> I love golf. It's it's something I do with friends. It's things I do with my son. It's you know, it's 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 a passion of mine, and it gives me something, you know, something that that allows me to you know to have you know a release from work and, and actually just sit there and, and work on something that is that's physical and not mental. Yeah, that could be a very expensive hobby. And I, I listen to Freakonomics uh, Radio, and I, and I know he's they've talked a lot about uh, uh, corporate. Um, you know, they're uh, playing golf. Is it good or is it bad for the company? Uh, do do people waste too much time and money uh, out on the golf course, uh, smoothing their clients? But this is this is primarily, uh, you know, purely leisure for you. No, no smoothing of clients on the on the golf course, or does that well, happen? I mean, I've, over the years, I've taken more <laughs> clients out for golf, games of golf. I did, and I wouldn't call it schmoozing. <laughs> I call it a way to get the. The cell phone turned off. Yeah. The distractions put away, in a way that you can actually get to know somebody as a human being. I like that. Getting some fresh air out there and having a genuine conversation. Now I noticed that I, you I have a genuine conversation. Yeah. It has nothing to do with work. It has nothing to do with uh, any particular job that you have going on. 
it just has to do with talking about the things that are important to them outside of work. And there's 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 things that happen because of those relationships on the golf course. It's the whole selfish reason that I started this podcast to meet people, and now I'm meeting you, Ben Ben Baker. You seem very interesting, and I wanted to know more about you, and I'm happy to talk to you, man. And so you do it golfing. I I, I played putt putt golf. I, I've seen golf courses, and uh, what was it that the, that they said in Caddyshack? Was it the uh, oh maybe it was Caddyshack too? Biggest waste of uh, of uh, real estate. <laughs> But you find actual value in being on the golf course. Uh, okay, I don't know anything about golf, but how's your game? What's your handicap? You know what? My hand, my handicap is my seven iron. But that's yeah, that's something that you you may or may not find funny. See, I, I uh, wouldn't know, you know but I'm sure I, one or two of my listeners is probably no, uh, listening to it, and they're guffawing to no end. Yeah. I used, you know, at, at one point in time, I was I was down at a, a six or eight handicap. I'm probably around about an eighteen handicap now, maybe nineteen handicap. But I've, I, I much much more enjoy the game as a nineteen handicap than I probably ever did as a six or eight handicap. Sounds impressive to me, Ben Baker. <laughs> so, uh, what other avenues do you explore? I, I've, I've noticed uh, on your YouTube you have many many videos. Uh, and is this? Do you have a podcast of your own? I do. I've had a podcast for about two and a half years. Excellent. Spent some time on the radio, spent some time doing live, you know, Facebook lives, but you know, it's been a steady podcast for about two and a half years. Excellent. I've done radio since 86, you know, on and off, and it's terrestrial for the most part, but uh, I have my online radio station, but uh, tell me more about your, your time in radio. Well, the radio, the radio is I was working for... Uh, for a company called K4HD Radio, which which is internet radio, mm-hmm. and it was uh, what I didn't like about it is is that is the structure. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You have a, you're on you're on for ten minutes, and then you go for the, you go away from commercial break. You come back. You have another you know fifteen fifteen twenty minutes with with a guest. You go back out for commercial break. You come back. You do a, a closing with a guest. You go out for commercial break again. You come back, you say goodbye to the guest, you you, know, you do a, a close up, you sign off, and then then it, then it goes into the trailer. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just it became too methodical. Oh yeah, I much prefer I much prefer the podcasting world where if my podcast is twenty eight minutes, it's twenty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's thirty five minutes, it's thirty five minutes. It's it's as long as I'm adding value to my audience. <laughs> I know. If I, I have. if I think somebody <laughs> should be. Uh, Cut a little short. We'll cut them a little short. If I think that the the conversation is well and it should go long, it goes a little bit long. And I'm not beholden to a time frame, and I'm not beholden to make sure that somebody is there on the air at a certain time and a certain date. <laughs> ben Baker, I'm, I know I have quite a few listeners down in Miami uh, that still work on terrestrial radio, where, where I used to work in South Florida. And I, I think I've done some radio, well, I don't think, but I know I've done some radio here in, in Little Rock, but not nearly as much as I did in South Florida. That was a much bigger market. And I remember living by the clock. Oh, my goodness. You got uh, a 10 after, you got to do this. At f- 14 after, you got to do this. At, you know, and, and you live by the clock segments and yes you're right long form interviews long form podcast is the way to go you don't get sound bites you get more in depth of who the person is you know who you know we all we already went over your brand marketing we know who you you know what you do but now we're getting to know who you are, how you grew up a little bit. You know, you've been all over this planet, man, and, and, and you've learned some things from, from different people. Uh, and international, I mean, that, that had to have helped you, uh, you know, shape your life, uh, knowing the, knowing, well, tell me about living in Israel. I've never been there. I want to know more. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent a year at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Um, I did a year year abroad doing a, a part of my political science degree, and when I graduated from the university, uh, I went back to Israel and I got a job working in a computer company for a couple of years. And I was building building computers for different government industry uh, ministries, swapping out hard drives and, and setting setting systems up so the Nobel guys could come up behind me and do all the networking stuff. So I mean that was that was an interesting couple of years. 
Yeah. Uh, you don't get paid very well. You know, you're, you're uh, you know, the the dollars and cents just are nothing like you could make it in North America. Mm-hmm. But it's it's you know it's it's a lot more honest living. Mm-hmm. People say what they want to say. They do what they want to do, and people live with far fewer regrets. No, you get in that you know, life I, experience I, I, too. I much prefer the Israeli mentality to to I do a lot of the, the stuff that you get in North America. I think <laughs> people are afraid to say what they want to say because they're worried about the repercussions. People, <laughs> people say what they say. You know what? You deal with it, you, you and you move on. There is <laughs> there isn't that you know. Oh, they said something six years ago, so I'm going to hold a grudge against them. It's ah. just, you know, it's just not the way the world works. You know, I, I, okay, my life in movies. Uh, I'm thinking of Adam Sandler in uh, Remember the Zohan or or the Zohan. Uh, you know, he's the Zohar, yeah, Zo, yeah, whoever, yeah. The, yeah. And he came, he came to the states thinking, you know, there's some, you know, oh my goodness, there's there's uh, Arabs across the street, you know, and oh, I'm gonna have trouble with them. Nope, you know, everybody's in this melting pot. But you found that the people of of Israel. Uh, are, were a good class of people, at least the ones that you were working with, that you, you found some some good good ideas. And, and you gained that knowledge, man, that life knowledge. I like that, Ben Baker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are, we, are, we are a culmination of our experiences. Yes. Every single one of us is a culmination of our experiences. You know, the people we've met, the stories we've, we've created, the things we've done, the mistakes we've had. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever have brought us to this point makes us better. Yes. And it's it, learning from from our experiences and, and being able to appreciate the good and not, you know, get beaten yourself up because of the bad and realize that all of it are lessons that make you better and make you part of who you are today. And, and that's, that's what it is. You know, so my attitude is the more things I can experience, the more things I can do, the better off my life becomes. Words of wisdom, Ben Baker. All right. Uh, well, tell me more about your podcast. And is that still going? Uh, is it weekly? Is it yeah, daily? The podcast is weekly. It's called the Your Living Brand Live Show. It's you know you can find it anywhere. It's on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, mm-hmm. you know Google Podcasts, wherever wherever you find you know podcasts, you can subscribe to it. The, the key thing with my podcast is we interview a different company every single week. Mm-hmm. And different person every week, and the question is, what's your story? Yes. What makes you different? What makes you unique? How do you communicate your value to others? You know, what are the things that you do that your competitors don't? What are the things that you believe in that your customers that that make you valuable to your customers? You know, why do they care about you? And it's a conversation. It's you know, I know the first question I'm going to ask my. My uh, my guess. I know the last question I'm going to ask my guess, and everything in between is a conversation. Absolutely, the, you know, it's amazing the, the places that those conversations lead us. Yes, and that's a little bonus that I'm guessing that you can uh, that you can uh, give to your clients as well, right? I, I'm guessing you've gotten Absolutely. a lot of your clients a little extra juice by being on your podcast, right? They are, and a lot, a lot of my clients are on my podcast. That's fantastic. All right, Ben Baker, your brand marketing. You give me a little more idea, and, and, our, and my listeners, a little more idea of who you are and what you do. I mean, I, I thought, well, when I first saw it, I thought, well, maybe he helps with social media. And I have talked to uh, a, at least two people on this podcast uh, that do the social media and the branding and make sure that people, uh, you know, get their, their companies, get their names out there and, and and they're able to be seen, and and then another one that was a web webmaster, and he does the SEO and makes sure that the that the website gets hits on Google. Uh, but that's not you. That's not what you do. You go into the companies, and, and personally, how often do you go in? As often as you need to, I'm guessing. Pretty much as often as I need to. I mean, the, the engagements that I have with clients can be, you know, uh, coming in for a week and, and just doing a triage to be several-year engagements. Mm. You know, it really depends what my customers need. You know, and, and sometimes I work with them for six months and I leave them alone and a year later they give me a call and say, we need we need a tune-up and we need some more help. You know, we have some different things that have come up. Uh, can you help us again? You yes. know, it all depends on what does that particular customer need at that particular point in time. 
And that's how we come in. You know, our attitude is there are no preconceived notions. There is no cookie, you know, there is no box. There is no cookie-cutter approach. It's figuring out what's their particular pain point, what's driving them crazy, what are the challenges that they're having, and let's figure a way to fix it together. Oh, that sounds proper to me, Ben Baker. Just a personalized attention, uh, and and it's and it's structured to their needs, and that's what you do. You go in, you identify the situation, how you can uh, help, and and do you, the first person you're talking to is is their I guess they're higher up, their corporate leaders, uh, and and then you go down the line as needed. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm always talking to the senior, you know, to the C-suite. Right. I'm always talking to the leaders of the company to figure out, you know, what is their view of the, of, of the situation? Because I need to understand it from all points of view. Right. But if you don't get buy-in from the C-suite, if the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the CTO, whoever, is not buying in on this, yeah, you know, change will never happen. Because change is based on culture, it's based on communication, and it's based on, you know, changing how you do the things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And if there isn't real change within the organization after I leave, people will go back to the habits of doing the things the way they've always done it. Well, that's the way it's structured. I mean, companies on the, have to be from the top down. Nobody's going to care about that company more than the owner, more than the manager, uh, the the one who's who's on top that that built this from the ground up. The reason he's he's on top in most cases, or in a lot of cases, is because they started that company, uh, blah blah blah, years ago, and and they've built it to their two hundred or two thousand employees. And, and nobody cares about my company more than me. So it has to it has to be across the the board the same way. The, when you meet these CEOs and managing owners, uh, you they you have to you have to swing their vote and swing their vision or, or know their vision uh, for the company before you can make any real changes. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's just like as Gary Vaynerchuk says. He says, if you want your employees to care as much about your company as you do, give them ownership. Yes, yes. We spoke briefly about that before. If I if I feel an ownership, yeah, I'm going to clean that that paper, uh, you know, off the ground. If I feel like this is partially my company, and not just because I have stock, but but because I feel like I'm part of something big, you know, I'm going to be the guy wiping the counters and and making sure that there's no dust. I, no job too small, no job too big, even if it's out of my scope. I'm. I, I feel ownership, and and that's what you're helping these people to. That's what it's to, all about. It's yes. all about giving yes. people a sense of pride and a sense of ownership. Okay, and I know one I, way shape. I asked a little bit before. What what types of companies are you dealing with? Or, um you know, you don't have to give the names if you don't want to. But uh, you know, what no, types? Of how, I mean, we, how, how big they are. The majority of the companies that we deal with are all business to business type corporations. We deal with insurance. We deal with finance. We deal with transportation. Um, we deal with logistics, manufacturing. Those are the type of companies that we tend to spend the most uh, time in, and those are the kind of companies we have the most success with. Excellent. So if anybody needs help, they, they know where to go. Uh, ben Baker, uh, your brand marketing, uh, tell, uh, tell the people uh, any more avenues you want to explore. Do you think we got it? No, just one, one last thing. I'll Please. give everybody a bonus. If you go to my website, and uh, you go to the, I'll just take a look at where exactly it is on my on my website. If you go to yourbrandmarketing.com, dot com, mm-hmm. you go into the work with Ben and go to the online courses. There's a free online course called No Like and Trust that anybody can take online for free. So if you go up to yourbrandmarketing.com, dot com, you go under Work with Ben to the online courses tab. Mm-hmm. You can take a look at the No Like and Trust course, and that's an online course that people can take free of charge. Look at you. I'm looking at it right now. That's excellent, man. That's a little bonus from Ben Baker to you, my dear listeners. 
All right. Well, I, I, I'll definitely put all the all the links to you in the show notes. Do you, do you want them to to go uh, all your Facebook and and your Twitter and yeah, your every, your LinkedIn? Every, the best way to get in touch with me is either through my website. My email address is there. My phone number is right there, right on the top right hand corner on my website. You can get to my social media there, mm-hmm. uh, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to get in touch with me at Your Brand Marketing. Uh, you know, I, I spend most of the time on LinkedIn. Excellent. So, you know, connect with me through my website, and that's probably the best way at yourbrandmarketing.com. Ben Baker, Your Brand Marketing, man. Just a, a pleasure talking to you. Uh, usually at the end, and you say you, you always have a, a first question and a last question. I think I've only come up with the last question idea, and it's not even a question. I, I give the people the last words, last words for the people, and it could be words of, of wisdom that you, you live by or, or just something that, uh, you know, something profound or or not so profound that you want to leave the people with, Ben Baker. Yeah. The one that I want people to realize is that, you know, employees don't want to leave your company. People leave companies where they don't feel listened to, understood, and valued, where they don't feel that there's a sense of purpose, and they don't feel that they what the work that they do is valued. You know, if you can give employees a sense of value, if you can get them to understand how they are part of the overall success of the company and communicate your mission, vision, and values in a way that people understand and internalize, they're going to stay and they're going to become brand ambassadors for you and they're going to provide your customers with amazing customer experience. So take care of your people and they'll take care of your customers. And that's where your profits are going to come from. There you have it, party people. Ben Baker, yourbrandmarketing.com. See, you know, when I first <laughs> when I first got into it with him, I thought, well, maybe he does social media or something like that. No. Turn my head around. The man works from the inside of the company out, making sure that the people are happy doing what they're doing. A happy employee makes a happy company. You know, if your employees are happy, you're, they're going to be more productive. If they have ownership, they feel like they're part of something bigger, they they will grow. <laughs> your company will grow if your, co- if your employees are happy. And every company, yeah, he, he proved it in the podcast. Any employee that leaves is going to take some business with them, not just because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're losing that employee and you got to take the time to hire somebody else, but he took seven to eight, uh, clients with him. So that company did lose some money when they lost Ben Baker. So he proved it in the podcast, exactly what he's been saying. Don't lose your employees. You took the time to train them, to get them, to shape them into what you want them to do. And losing that employee is going to cost your company so much. I mean, he just, the proof is in the pudding. Ben Baker, he's learned it from firsthand experience. And he wants to give that knowledge to you and your company. And so if you've got a company that's uh, maybe struggling a little bit, Give Ben Baker a call. Uh, check him out at yourbrandmarketing.com. And all his social links are down there on the bottom. And check out his podcast. I know I, I found it on the on YouTube, but you can find it pretty much everywhere, it, you know, on, on the whole Apple podcast, Google podcast things. So uh, after you're done listening to this show, give Ben Baker's show a listen while you're doing what you do. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of KeysDan.com. Follow Radio What on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of RadioWhat.com. The music you want is on. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag WhatMakesYouFamous. Follow on Facebook 
at what makes you famous follow on instagram at what makes you famous follow on twitter at makes famous and follow on youtube at keys dan leave what makes you famous podcast a review and subscribe listen to what makes you famous podcast on podbean itunes youtube stitcher google podcast and spotify and almost anywhere you find podcasts tell your story on my podcast what makes you famous call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time you can support what makes you famous using the paypal link paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs you'll be a man my son rudyard kipling the music you want, radiowhat.com. <laughs>